And so the number one opportunity in the municipal marketplace today is the credit is doing well and you're getting a very, very attractive income. And so therefore, start taking advantage of this. Opportunities and risks in the tax-free market on Consuelo Mac WealthTrack. Funding provided by Clearbridge Investments, First Eagle Investments, Royce Investment Partners, Baird, Matthews Asia, Strategus Asset Management, and Women Investing in Security and Education. Hello and welcome to this edition of WealthTrack. I'm Consuelo Mack. The dramatic increase in interest rates in 2022 hit all financial markets, and the normally stayed municipal bond market was no exception. Munis had their worst year since 1981, posting a total return loss of 8.5%. That's including interest income. Yields on high-quality municipal bonds more than doubled from near-all-time lows of 1.03% at the end of 2021 to 2.63% by year in 2022. When yields rise, bond prices decline. And individuals who hold the vast majority of municipal bonds because of their tax-exempt status bailed out in record numbers. Municipal bond funds experienced record outflows of $122 billion after a record $102 billion of fund inflows the year before chasing tax-free yields. What state is the muni bond market in now? What kind of opportunities have been created by last year's losses? Well, we asked a muni bond veteran and previous WealthTrack guest to enlighten us. He is Robert DeMella, co-head of the Mackay Municipal Managers and portfolio manager of the Mainstay Municipal Bond Funds, where he oversees $71 billion in assets. Damella is also co-portfolio manager of several award-winning mutual funds, including the flagship $8.4 billion Mainstay Mackay tax-free bond fund, which he has managed since 2009. Morningstar gives it a bronze medalist rating. I began our conversation by asking Damella to give us an update on the muni bond market. How much has it recovered from the 2022 destruction? So, so far in 2023, the municipal marketplace is definitely in its recovery stage. Um, 2022 was historic, um, uh, worst market since 1981. It was a complete reset of rates. Um, very simplistically, um, yields, income in the municipal marketplace doubled last year. With a doubling of income comes a significant decline in dollar prices. And so right. that's what unnerved a lot of investors. And so it was clearly tied to the Federal Reserve combating inflation, raising short-term interest rates, an adjustment of absolute rates, specifically U.S. Treasury rates. But the municipal marketplace also came under additional pressure from a technical perspective. Um, clients were basically, at the end of the day, kind of panicking that they were going to lose money again in the municipal marketplace. Had they lost it in lost money in 2021? So if you were in, in 2021, if you were only in high-grade intermediate municipal bonds, you most likely were flat at best to probably losing a little bit of money. Okay. The only thing that really made money in 2021 was a little further out the yield curve, which most investors don't participate in, or in more credit, lower investment grade and high yield credits. Those carried a better return, but most retail investors in the municipal marketplace are high grade and intermediate, and they actually didn't do well in 2021. So by the time 2022 came around with the, the sell-off and the losses, they 
basically freaked out, right? Why the panic selling? Why would that have happened? So when you think about the municipal marketplace, about 70% of our marketplace is owned by retail investors, either mm -hmm. directly or indirectly through mutual funds or ETFs. There's two main tenets of investment philosophy that investors in the municipal marketplace go after. Tax-exempt income, they're kind of sick and tired of paying taxes. And right. This is a way that they can use a tax advantage strategy. And the second is capital preservation. It's a rarity that an, a retail investor goes to their advisor and say, go make me money in the municipal marketplace. That's not how it works. They basically say, don't lose money. And so when you're staring at the second year in a row of possibly losing money, that is mm -hmm. a rarity in our marketplace. Um, that is why they started saying, you know what, I'm just going to sell and I'm going to come back later. Um, the ones who sold early, kudos to them. They probably um, avoided a lot more pain than if you held on through most of the year. Um, uh -huh. And so, but 2022 was, it was a reset year. It was... It was a, an environment that, quite honestly, at the end of the day, as, as crazy as this sounds, it was a marketplace that a lot of clients were kind of hoping eventually came, meaning you had a reset of income. You had a reset of yield. Yield, very attractive, attainable yield, is easy to find in the U.S. municipal marketplace today. Um, but it comes at a price. It came at a price of, as you had pointed out, the index was down around 8.5%. Um, it was worse at one point in time, but it did start recovering toward the end of the year. Is it a long period before individuals will come back into the immunity market and look at it the same way they did as a, you know, a safe place for income and principal? So it normally doesn't take this long for average retail investors to come back in. They normally okay. have some losses. They harvest their losses. They rebook their income accruals. Um, and then they come back into the marketplace. This is probably taken a little longer for a couple of different reasons. First of all, as you very well know, we were in a really low rate environment for so long because right. of the great financial crisis going back to 2008. So we were in, mired in a low rate environment, low coupon, low yielding environment for so long. And so the adjustment that we finally had after about 15 years kind of you know, upset and was unsettling. We are also still in the midst of it. Inflation is still higher from the Federal Reserve, the likes of the Federal Reserve. So Chairman Powell is still talking about we still have to get it under control. So it's not as if the, the, it's all green lights and you can come flooding back in again. There's enough uncertainty out there and clients are trying to figure out just how high rates absolutely have to go to slow the economy down to get inflation back in to kind of control, so to speak. So this whole process, this whole environment we're in right now is definitely a little unique. What state are municipal finances in? This is the very fortunate thing when you're talking about investing in municipal bonds. Mm -hmm. The municipal market is probably in one of its strongest fundamental credit um, cycles we've been in a very long period of time. Mm. Yes, there was a lot of federal dollars thrown at the economy, including state and local governments, for balancing the budget because of the pandemic. But you also had the whole, at the end of the day, the economic recovery was much stronger than almost every single state and local county thought was going to happen after the pandemic. So right. that means personal taxes, the income taxes increased faster than they thought, sales tax collections. And so they've really in a much better position. They got back to replenishing surpluses in rainy day funds. Many of the weaker credits have actually been upgraded. 
Hmm. Um, the, the, the positive returns in other asset classes, i.e. equities, has helped the funding, percentage of funding for pensions increase. So that has also helped and contributed it to it. So from a fundamental credit perspective, the municipal marketplace is very strong. What we at Mackay Municipal Managers, our job to do for our clients, actually, quite honestly, is to make sure the states are not overspending today. If the economy slows down and if the revenues slow down, they're not putting in repeatable expenses that they can't afford. And that's mm -hmm. critical as kind of like thinking about investing in the marketplace. But fundamentally strong upgrades are outpacing downgrades year to date. Um, and we think we're in very good shape from a credit perspective. So what kind of opportunities have been created? So first, let's start with yield, right? And we put this in our insights at the beginning of the year. We told clients there is a return of income. There's a return of bonds. Income has not been readily attainable for about 15 years. It's been right. a low rate environment. Income and yield built into a diversified fixed income portfolio insulates a portfolio from a lot of volatility, whether it's credit, interest rate risk, currency risk, you basically name it. And so you're back to there. And so what we started and talked about at the beginning of the year was you're staring at a very, very attractive yield. As an example, at the beginning of the year and today, you have the overall municipal bond index, the Bloomberg uh, municipal bond index mm -hmm. yields around a 3.75%. That's north of a 6% taxable equivalent yield for somebody who's in the upper tax bracket. That is a lot of income for a largely doubly rated high credit quality asset class. And so we start there, we start focusing on, we understand what happened last year, but this is an income stream. And so it's really easy to stay defensive in mm -hmm. the municipal marketplace today, especially given where short end of US treasuries are. Um, where they can sit there and still click five, five and a half percent. But we're advising them to start locking in some of these longer yields for a little longer. Try to build up the durability of your income in your portfolio to last a little longer. How, what's a little longer? Well, you know, it's every client has a different kind of duration right. and time horizon perspective. If you think on average, a municipal client has a one to 15, one to 20-year laddered portfolio, mm -hmm. your duration, your average timeline is probably around seven or eight years. And I think a lot of clients are not there. They're sitting a lot more on the cash on the short end. And so the number one opportunity in the municipal marketplace today is the credit is doing well and you're getting a very, very attractive income. And so therefore, start taking advantage of this. In the treasury market, for instance, that the, you know, we've got an inverted yield curve. So the the rates that you can get, the yields that you can get on a on a two year or under, are as you said over five percent. Whereas on, if you go out to a ten year treasury, it's under five percent. So how is that working out in the municipal bond market? So historically, the municipal marketplace rarely, if ever, inverts. Okay. And there's a whole slew of different reasons for it. The technicals, the supply and demand imbalance, the possibility, the probabilities of what your tax code is today versus 20 years from now. Mm -hmm. However, today we're a little like the treasury marketplace. Inside of three years is a little higher than, say, four to 12 years. And so there's a little bit of a dip in that part of the yield curve, and then it starts going uh, significantly attractive again, say after 15 years again. And so there is a little element of a yield curve play here that clients really should pay attention to because mm -hmm. 
you know, you really want to avoid that richer part, that part that is actually inverted, similar to the treasury marketplace, and take advantage of the parts that are not inverted. The short rates um, up to three years are higher right now than the rates in the four to 12 year maturities. That and, is correct. Okay. And so, and you're telling clients what? So ask yourself, right, why is it looking the way it does? We don't normally right. invert in our marketplace. And the reason why four to 12 years is lower yields than either the short end or long end is because so much money is now returning with individual investors buying that part of the yield curve. They're driving yields down and prices up in that part of the yield curve. And why, so why are they doing that? Most dollars that come into the municipal marketplace are concentrated in model-driven investing. They are normally A or better, double A or better uh, in many cases, laddered portfolios out to say 10 or 12 years. And so all those dollars coming into them, they will literally buy, it's, it's almost like a process machine. Whatever's in the marketplace that fits those parameters, they're going to buy, it's automatic buying. And so we're highlighting some of the, oh, the richness of that part of the municipal marketplace right now. You don't have to go out all the way right. to 30 years. We actually think the sweet spot is probably between 15 and 25 years uh, at the most. But that makes sense to us to kind of start locking in some of these really attractive yields in the portfolio. Now, you don't have to extend your interest rate risk or your duration to your very point uh, exceptionally because you can, you can combine that with either the short end of the municipal marketplace or the short end of the treasury marketplace for that matter with a, a one-year treasury note at a 535 yield. And so, but we do believe the bulk of the value is a little further out the yield curve. Um, the higher credit quality part, the aspect of the municipal marketplace um, is very compelling for clients to start extending out their maturities and their duration, so to speak, of their municipal bond portfolio. So is that what you're doing with the mainstay tax-free bond fund? It's exactly what we're doing with the tax-free uh -huh. bond fund today. So we have qualityed up that portfolio. We're underweight triple B and we're underweight A-rated bonds. We're overweight double A and higher. Um, we've allowed the matured, average maturity to drift out a little bit. Um, we're underweight that part of the yield curve that I've, I've mentioned is rich, four to 12 years. And we've set the portfolio up to be a much more durable, longer lasting income stream. And eventually because the shape of the municipal yield curve will revert. It will revert back to what is called historical norms, right? Mm -hmm. When that happens, a portfolio structured like the tax-free bond fund is going to hold up much better because we're not in that rich part of the municipal marketplace that has to get cheaper. Only when it does get cheaper will we start going and reinvesting in that part of the marketplace. One of the recent reports out from uh, Mackay Municipal Managers uh, was talking about uh, that your, the firm is overweighting general obligation bonds as well as essential service bonds. Do you want to explain that a little bit? The municipal marketplace is a very attractive asset class for a late cycle economy. The resiliency, and explain that, right. The resiliency of the credit in the municipal marketplace is very strong. They default at a fraction of what the U.S. corporate marketplace defaults. If you do get the rarity of a default, your recovery on those bonds tends to be higher. 
And if you really think about it, that makes sense because when you're investing in the municipal bond marketplace, for a big portion of it, you're investing in monopolies. There aren't a lot of you know, entities that are competing against the state of California or a certain toll road or even a hospital for that matter. Mm -hmm. And so, or water and sewer authorities throughout the country. And so the resiliency of these credits, even in a slowing economy, really holds up very, very well. So under that construct, and it's just in case, because we do believe we are late cycle. We are going into an ex a very significant Fed tightening by the Federal Reserve, and they're attempting to try to slow down the economy. Under that, you actually want to quality up your whole diversified fixed income portfolio. Why? If they slow the economy too much, credit spreads could you know, widen out. Risk assets could come under pressure. That's not our base case scenario, but it's absolutely a probability that could happen. And so under that, you want to quality up your portfolio, and it's okay to extend your duration or maturities out under that situation. Because as you pointed out, if the Federal Reserve does break something, mm -hmm. this isn't a forecast, I'm just saying what if, and you always have to think about the risk you know, and mitigate the risk. If the economy slows down at a faster rate than anybody's anticipating, then exactly what you just uh, said is going to happen. Yields are going to come crashing down again. Prices on bonds are going to go up considerably. Right. If you're too short of a duration, then you're going to be reinvesting again at a low rate environment again. You may have missed the opportunity to at least lock in some of these attractive yields that we haven't seen for about 15 years. And so that's exactly what we're doing in a lot of our portfolios here uh, at Mackay. And that's how we think clients should think about the current environment. I do not know, we do not know if rates are gonna hover around here or if they're gonna continue to march higher or they're gonna go lower. The hardest thing to do in the bond market is try to call rates. What we <laughs> attempt to do and what we try to explain to clients are in this marketplace that we're seeing today, this is how we believe we can help you perform well and what we believe you're supposed to do, given what the marketplace is pricing in and the opportunities and the risks that are in the market that the way we see it. And where are the risks in the municipal bond market? Where, where do you see you know, issues? And I'm thinking specifically, you know, so many people have told me that, if the, that with the Fed tightening like we've had, that as you said, something does get broken. So what is getting broken in, in the municipal bond market? Nothing's broken yet. However, mm -hmm. um, uh, when we're looking at it, let's start from a fundamental credit perspective. Um, the lower end of the high yield marketplace, we don't think is showing a lot of value. This is the non-rated securities, single project finance credits, where you really have to roll up your credit sleeves and dig into these deals to figure out exactly where the revenue streams to pay off the bonds are coming from. If the economy starts faltering, those are probably not priced correctly yet because credit spreads haven't widened out substantially. Are there any tax revenue streams that are at risk? I mean, I'm thinking of what's happening in, you know, with commercial real estate, for instance, is having some problems. So commercial real estate is a big headline uh, news story right. that's playing out from coast to coast without question. And it's not, as you know, it's not just a municipal bond phenomenon. It impacts our marketplace because, and I'll use you know, New York City as an example, it was the early epicenter of the pandemic. People fled the offices. There's still a huge percentage of vacancies in the city. However, a lot of the news stories that are out there that will probably make um, an average investors feel like it's a major, major calamity. It's not. 
Fortunately, most states and cities are aggressively going after these issues. They understand it, they're going after it, and they have a lot of flexibility. I'll, again, I'll use New York City as an example. Residential real estate that also has property tax value collections have only been going up. And mm -hmm. so that's helping to offset some of the commercial real estate devaluation that's going on, offset some of those revenue streams. Uh, in commercial real estate, Class A office space is holding up very well. Uh, Hudson Yards, as an example, again, in New York City. There was just a recent article that, again, the state and the city in New York are trying to uh, streamline public policy, reduce red tape to allow older office buildings to shift to residential. Now, it's not an easy fix. There's a lot of things that have to be vetted out with it. It's expensive. It's time consuming. But if you get the state and local governments to actually come up with some plans for developers to do this. So these are some of the fixes and solutions that are going to happen. I remember talking to you, you know, years ago about Puerto Rican bonds, for instance, and talking to you about, you know, places like Detroit. Are there some major problem spots in the municipal bond market or have they all been more or less rectified? You do not have the same stresses um, and uh, the same magnitude as either Puerto Rico or Detroit. Um, you know, you have some stresses um, in some of the cities. Uh, some of them are really highly rated, doubly rated, may get downgraded, but still very resilient, mm -hmm. broad economies. I remember talking to you at a time several years ago when Detroit was going through their situation. Everybody was talking about Chicago being right with it as if it was right. another Detroit. And I remember emphatically telling you on your show, we absolutely emphatically disagreed. We don't think there's any specific state or city right now that's under the same type of stresses of some of those big headline news stories that we've had in the municipal marketplace for some time. Bob, you know, we always ask at the end of every wealth track, if there's one investment that we should all have in a long-term diversified portfolio, what would it be? And the last time you were on in 2019, it was taxable munis. Number one, explain what taxable munis are and why you still regard them favorably. Yeah, so taxable municipals, I think, are still very, very attractive. And I think clients should think about it from a diversified fixed income portfolio. So most clients think about municipals as tax exempt. These are taxable. Same type of credits, same type of resiliency from a credit perspective, but you have a higher yield because they're taxable. These are the, the bonds that are financing the shared services and infrastructure in the United States. What's great about infrastructure investing is these are long-term assets with mm -hmm. dedicated revenue streams. So they're really, really strong credits. And so in the current environment with the yield reset, these are the type of credits that fit very, very well into a diversified fixed income portfolios. So would that be, once again, your one investment for a long-term diversified portfolio to look at taxable munis? It would, it would be. We, we, I think long-term infrastructure financing, tolls, bridges, airports, tunnels, throw school districts in there. And think about all of the shared services Right. that um, we all benefit from in this country. In many other countries, they're financed very differently. In the United States, it's financed mainly through municipal bonds and in taxable municipal bonds with the increase of that marketplace over the last several years, um, it's more liquid, it's more prevalent, um, and there's more solutions for clients to think about from a long-term perspective. 
Bob Jamila, it's such a treat to have you on again on Wealth Track, and thank you so much for bringing us up to speed on the municipal bond market. It, it's a fascinating story, and I'm really glad to hear it's recovering. Thank you for having me. It's great to see you again, Consuela. At the close of every wealth track, we try to give you one suggestion to help you build and protect your wealth over the long term. This week's recommendation builds on a theme we have stressed repeatedly over the years. This week's action point is hold enough cash and treasury bills to see you through market declines. Bob DeMella just described the panic selling that occurred in the municipal bond market in 2022 during the market decline that took just about every asset class down. Well, just about every asset class has recovered since, including munis. Probably the best guide to follow is famed investor Warren Buffett, who has long held billions in cash, mostly treasury bills, on Berkshire Hathaway's balance sheet. At the end of the second quarter, cash and equivalents stood at around $147 billion, more than $120 billion of that in short-term treasuries. As he told CNBC in a recent interview, there are some things people shouldn't worry about. This is one. Yes, short-term treasury bills are yielding over 5%, which is a huge improvement over near zero a year and a half ago, but that is not the point. Cash and its T-bill equivalents provide a source of liquidity during market declines, so you don't have to sell in a panic and the flexibility to buy when other securities are cheap. Next week, the massive market reset. Award-winning financial advisor Mark Curtazzo on what this new era of higher interest rates means for your portfolio. In this week's extra feature, muni bond maven Bob DeMella tells us why he decided to move to California, the highest taxing state in the country. He has some explaining to do. Please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and our YouTube channel. We are so glad you joined us this week. Have a fabulous Labor Day weekend and make the week ahead a healthy, profitable, and productive one. Mm -hmm.